Welcome to Unite Immigrant Families. I'm Rosemary Vega, an immigration attorney with over 20 years of experience uniting and keeping families together. If you are looking for immigration information, stick around and listen to me and my fellow immigration attorneys as we discuss what's new and debunk myths. Please note, this is not legal advice and no legal advice will be given on this podcast. And welcome back to Unite Immigrant Families. I am Rosemary Vega, an immigration attorney in Houston, Texas. Today, we're going to talk about naturalization, or some people call citizenship. There is a difference, though, between naturalization and citizenship. So, normally, citizenship is when someone was is already born in the United States or when someone can derive citizenship through their parents. Say, for an example, would be if two U.S. citizen parents, a couple, they are abroad, maybe they're living in another country for work or for whatever reason, and they have a child in another country, that child might be able to drive citizenship through their parents because their parents are U.S. citizens. So that is citizenship. However, naturalization, naturalization is more where you come to the United States you become a legal permanent resident or you come to the United States as a legal permanent resident. And then after you meet all the requirements, you're able to apply for naturalization. And you have to apply, you fill out the form, you take the test and you meet all the requirements. And then if you pass everything, then you can go and take your oath ceremony. That is naturalization, the process of becoming a U.S. citizen. So those are that is the diff, that's the general difference between the two. So right now, I want to talk to you about naturalization. How someone who's a legal permanent resident would become a U.S. citizen. Generally speaking. The requirements are the person has to be a legal permanent resident for five years, be a person of good moral character for those five years, have continuous residence in the United States, and physical presence in the United States for a certain amount of time, more than half the time within the five years. So all of that is very, very important. And there is you know, some exceptions in, not really exceptions, however, you may be able to apply for naturalization after being a resident, a legal permanent resident after three years, if you are married to a U.S. citizen. You've got to meet all the other requirements within the three-year period. But again, you'd have to be married to a U.S. citizen and continue living with the U.S. citizen to apply for naturalization with within the three years of becoming a legal permanent resident. So let's talk about naturalization. 
we talked about five years and three years. So if you get, if you become a legal permanent resident through, let's say you, uh, through employment, and you're not married to a U.S. citizen, you're going to wait the five years to be uh, to be able to apply for naturalization. But you also have to show that you're a person of good moral character. You have to show continuous residence, and you have to show physical presence. So we're going to talk about all of those requirements. Person of good moral character. Well, they want to look at the time frame. So it's within the five or three years. You have to show you're a person of good moral character. They want to make sure that you pay your taxes every year. And that's very important, paying your taxes. If someone has owes taxes, but they are on a payment plan, then that's okay. Being on a payment plan with the IRS is okay. You just have to show that you're making your payments. However, if you haven't paid your taxes, you haven't filed your income taxes, you haven't paid them, then you're going to have a problem. I always tell my clients, you've got to go pay your taxes because we're going to show that you filed your income taxes and that you paid your taxes. And if you're on a payment plan, I want to see those payments. So we're going to show that to, to immigration as well. Right? So the, that's some of the good moral character. The other one is you don't, if you've, um, if you've been arrested, then that could pose a problem. If you have a criminal conviction, that could also pose a problem for you. So you want to show that you haven't been arrested or had any convictions within the five-year time frame that you're applying. However, if you have had any arrests or convictions before the five years, you have to disclose that arrest or that conviction even if you weren't convicted, even if it was just an arrest, you have to disclose because they're going to look at that. And so it's very important just to disclose because it always comes out in your fingerprints. I always tell my clients, remember, your fingerprints never lie. And they are with you forever. So disclose, very important to disclose. And if you did have a criminal issue within those five years, you're going to have to wait until that criminal issue has been resolved. You have to wait five years after that to be able to apply for naturalization. Now, let's talk about continuous residence. That's a big one. Because you always hear that, you always hear people talk about, oh, you shouldn't, you can't stay out of the United States for more than six months. 
and nobody ever explains to you why. Well, the reason is because you don't want to give the impression that you have abandoned your residency. You have that you've abandoned your legal permanent residence status, right? So that's really important. The other reason is because when you go to naturalize, if they see that you're out for for over six months, they're going to question you. Why? Why were you out for so long? Did you intend to come back? What did you intend to keep your residency? Right? So there is that issue going on there. If you've been out of the United States for over a, a year longer, that's the other issue. Why? Why? So there is where your breaks in continuous residence is going to, to happen. And it's not to say that you can't rebut some of this stuff. But if you've been outside of the United States for a year or longer, you're not going to be able to rebut that. You're going to have to wait an additional five years. Maybe not five years, but the additional requisite amount of time. So let me give you an example. Let's say someone, let's call him Bob. Let's say Bob travels to Peru. He's a legal permanent resident. He's been a legal permanent resident for about three and a half years. He's not married to a U.S. citizen. So he's waiting for the requisite five years. He's waiting for that five years so he can apply to become a U.S. citizen. And Bob goes to Peru. And what do you know? COVID happens. And He's out of the United States. He gets stuck in Peru for a lot longer than he had anticipated. He ends up being in Peru for about a year and two months because of COVID. Okay, so he comes back and he explains, I got stuck because of COVID. This is what I did to try to get back. Okay. So they let him in at the airport. He doesn't have any problems. They let him in because he explains all of this stuff. Okay. Then he goes, he hits the five-year mark about a, you know, about a year later. And he goes to an immigration attorney and he says, I am ready to apply for, for naturalization. I've been studying. I know my English. I know the test. I'm ready. And they look at him and they said, but Bob, you've been out for over a year. And he says, yeah, but I got stuck in Peru because of COVID. And then they're going to tell him, well, Bob, unfortunately, because you were out for over a year, even though it was beyond your, your control, you were still out for over a year. So, unfortunately, there's a break in your continuous residence, and you're going to have to wait until you have the amount of time 
in order to apply. And so luckily Bob goes to a lawyer who explains this to him so he doesn't spend the $725 that it costs to apply for naturalization or $750 that it costs to apply for naturalization. So it's very important that if you have a break in your continuous residence, that you go talk to an experienced immigration lawyer because they're going to want to look at all the times that you have left and come back to the United States because that's also part of the application process. You've got to disclose all the times that you have left and come back into the United States. And that goes the same for physical presence. You've got to show that you've lived in the United States for more than half the time of the requisite time. So five years, you've got to show that you've been here more about just over two and a half years. That's really important because they, the government wants to make sure that your intention was to become a legal permanent resident and to be living in the United States. So those are some of the issues that come up with with naturalization. You know, there are a lot of other issues. Those are just the basics. You know, let's take, for example, someone who is married to a U.S. citizen. But, you know, they apply for naturalization and it takes about a about a year for the interview. And within that year, the person who's applying for naturalization and their U.S. citizen wife, they separate and they're no longer living together. Well, unfortunately, yes, at the time he was eligible, but a year later he isn't because they're not living together anymore. You've got to show that you're living together with the U.S. citizen spouse. That is very important. I'll give you an example. I once had a client who married to a U.S. citizen. They did live together. However, his job required him to travel offshore. And in Houston, a lot of oil and gas companies, a lot of people who work on the rigs, and they travel offshore. So his job was offshore for, you know, some time, come home, spend with his wife, whatnot, for maybe a month or whatever at a time, and then goes offshore for maybe a couple weeks, come back, lives with the wife, and but his residence and his domicile and everything was with his wife. But his job was an offshore job on a rig. Well, immigration took their, their, their situation very literally and said, well, you don't live with your wife. 
because your work is over here. And so you don't live with your wife, so we're not going to. And so they denied him. Luckily, we did appeal the case because he did live with his wife. He worked offshore. He came home to his wife. His home was with his wife. He lived with her. He paid the bills. They had joint bank accounts together. They were a happy family. They even had a child within that time period. She was pregnant again with another child while all of this was going on. They lived together. Once we showed all of this, we were, we, we were able to win. However, as you can see, sometimes immigration really does take the situation very literally. You know, with continuous residence over a year, that's very serious. Another issue is crimes. So that good moral character, the government is serious about that. If you have been arrested, I do strongly suggest that you look, you at least consult with an immigration attorney. More than likely, you should hire one. You need to make sure you qualify because they do take it seriously. You know, there could be a situation where, let's say, let's say Bob. Bob is super excited. He applies for naturalization. He's ready. He, he's got his five years. He hasn't traveled. He's got everything under control. He's, he knows English. He knows his, his civic questions. He is ready. And he applies for naturalization. And two months after he applies, he gets arrested for DWI. Well, guess what? That arrest is going to harm him. Because when he gets called for that interview, and they're going to say, have you ever been arrested? And he's going to say, well, yeah, I got arrested a couple months ago, or five months ago, or however long ago, while this application was pending. And they're going to say, okay, well, what happened to that arrest? You got arrested for DWI. What happened? And he says, well, it's still pending. Oh, it's still pending. Okay, well, we're going to need to know what happened to that case. So we're going to give you a request for evidence so you can bring us more information on the outcome of your DWI case that is pending. They give them 30 days. They might give them 60 days. But is it is it possible that his DWI is going to have a positive outcome, such as a dismissal? I don't know. It might get dismissed within that time frame, and then immigration can look at it, and then they can determine whether they're going to grant him or deny him. They may call him in for another interview so they can ask him, 
okay, well, it was dismissed, but we want to know what happened that night. Oh, so again, you really want to have an experienced immigration lawyer if something like that were to ever happen. Let's say that he gets a, a deferred adjudication or something along those lines, and his criminal attorney tells him, don't worry about it. You're covered. It, this isn't going to hurt you. But guess what? It does because he really, he's applying for naturalization. So guess what? That DWI, even though if it's adjudication, a pretrial diversion, pretrial intervention, something along those lines, it could hurt him in the sense that he may not be able to naturalize at that time. And he may have to wait an extra five years right? Or let's say that he gets arrested for theft and he had an extra, another theft from a few years ago, from like seven years ago. And then he just picked up another theft. Uh-oh. Then we really have a big problem because he might end up in removal proceedings so when you when it comes to crimes, you definitely, definitely want to have an immigration attorney. And another another issue that I find that happens doesn't happen a lot, but it could happen is immigration. You're at the interview, everything's going well. You you find out, and then you find out. Wait a second. The officer's going through the file, and then they find out, oh, it looks here like there was an issue when you got your green card. I'll give you an example. Many, many moons ago, had a client who got his green card through marriage, and they, he got a conditional green card, so he had to apply to remove the conditions. They applied to remove the conditions. They were still married. And sometimes this process takes a very long time, right? Like right now it's taking about two years. So, you know, within that time frame, the marriage broke down and he and his wife ended up getting a divorce. They got a divorce right before his approval to remove the conditions his permanent green card. So what happened is he got a divorce and then about two weeks later, he got the approval on the conditional green card. He didn't realize that there was that mix up because his lawyer did submit the divorce decree. But there was that mix up. Immigration did not get the divorce decree before they issued the approval of the green card. So when he applied for naturalization, they see this and they say, well, we can't, he, we couldn't have approved the removal of the conditions based on the category that he got approved under. 
So we had to apply to remove the condition. So he got ended up getting denied his naturalization, and we had to apply all over again for the removal of the conditions because it was under the wrong category. So little things like that can really affect your naturalization. It's imperative that you hire an immigration attorney to look at all your documents and your immigration history in before you apply for naturalization because it can get expensive and it is long sometimes it is a long wait and you really want to have all your ducks in a row it's a it's a big thing and to become a US citizen it's such a wonderful wonderful thing but immigration does take it very very seriously so that's all we have for today on talking about naturalization any questions or anything please feel free to reach out unite immigrant families at gmail.com thank you Thank you for listening to Unite Immigrant Families. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want more information about me or my guest, please email me at uniteimmigrantfamilies at gmail.com. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. I hope you join us on this bi-weekly podcast. No legal advice was provided and none will ever be provided on this podcast.